0: what is going on folks good evening welcome back to another episode of big blue avenue i'm tom Scavetta, joined alongside hank and dichter and sam cardona Hank, sam how's it going this week we had a bye week and not much happened
1: no nice and and a bit of a nice week off i feel like it was like i didn't have to worry about on sunday whether the giants were going to break my heart or not it was it was quite refreshing to be honest with you but it was a pretty solid bye week nobody got in any trouble which is good
2: oh i loved it so peaceful nothing going on with the giants giants couldn't lose and oh man that's
0: all you can really ask for in a bye week the giants can't lose because no they don't play (laughs) absolutely folks remember to go check us out on all of our social media platforms below big blue avenue is exclusive on twitter instagram Like our Facebook page at Review and Preview Sports and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Big Blue Avenue. Special guest will be joining us tonight at 7.15 p.m. Brian McArdle, host of From the Stand Sports and a huge Tampa Bay Bucks fan from down in Florida. Really looking forward to having him on. That should be a lot of fun. Want to comment in our stream throughout the night? Feel free to comment. Really appreciate all the support. And kind of before we just, you know, get into this game Let's just briefly recap the bye week and talk about uh, what happened. There there was some interesting news in Giants' world. Damon Snacks Harrison announced his retirement from the National Football League, uh, played for the Giants for about two and a half seasons before he got traded to Detroit from 2016 to 2018. And Harrison was just 32 years old. This guy was a first-team All-Pro in his first season with the Giants and another prime example of a defensive tackle who did not last very long with this team, but he wasn't here for a long time. He was here for a good time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I remember when uh I believe it was a, 2 years ago Snacks went to the Lions I believe. Um and I remember being like kind of upset because I know he wasn't like the biggest star on our team but I loved hearing stories about him. I loved hearing about how they called him Snacks because he literally ate so much food which is just fantastic. Um but yeah, I mean good for him. Good good for, you know, the rest of his life and how he he had a decent career with us and was happy to happy to have him on our team while he was here.
2: Yeah, I love snacks. He was definitely one of my favorites from those dark years with that coach who shall remain nameless. But mm. he was definitely a lot of fun. I love the spirit he gave off in the clubhouse. He was a team leader and a team player, just a great guy. And as a bonus, diehard ranger fan, I often saw him watching the games at MSG. So that that's also a plus for me about him. But otherwise, Good for him. Great, decent career. Gets to do what he wants. I mean, it's the NFL. It's a rough game.
0: You don't you don't see as many long careers nowadays. Yeah, no, absolutely. And another thing that happened during the bye week, this one was a little more on the sad side. Uh, former New York Giants linebacker, Ring of Honor member Sam Huff died at the age of 87 years old. He played for the Giants from 1956 to 1963. Was a rookie when the Giants won the NFL championship back in 1956. And Hank, he played in arguably the greatest game to ever be played, the 1958 NFL championship. I don't know if it
2: necessarily was
0: the greatest game ever
2: played, but it was the game that essentially put the NFL on the map. It was broadcast on live TV by NBC. Lots of people tuned in. And even though the Giants ended up losing that game in overtime, that was actually one of the games that really made football mainstream. And to get to Sam Huff, I think a lot of people will agree that Sam Huff was one of the one of, if not the most valuable members of that defense. He was the linebacker that essentially was like the quarterback of the field. And one of the big One of his best games that he had before that game, I don't know if you knew this, the Giants had to play a tiebreaker against the Cleveland Browns. They actually won the week before with Pat Summerall kicking in the snow. And to get to the game against the Colts, Sam Huff essentially shut down Jim Brown. I don't think Jim Brown even had 50 yards. It was one of the best defensive games in the history of the Giants. And he was not to mention he was also a member of The other three teams that made it to the championship, 61 to 63, unfortunately, neither of those Giants teams come up. Neither of them ended up winning a title because they lost to the Vince Lombardi Packers and a really good Bears defense. Nonetheless, great career and someone who, in my opinion, he probably should have been a Giant his whole career.
0: Yeah. He did spend some time with the Washington Redskins back in the day, back when they were known as them. And Hank wins best hat on the show tonight. Sorry, Sam. Uh, <laughs> Brian. The, it's fine, the, Brian.
1: It's fine.
0: The red carpet just rolls out for the Rangers fans. Uh, Brian, we missed you at the game on Tuesday night. That was my first hockey game ever. Not to digress from Sam Huff, but my gosh, that, that was a fun hockey game it, it was great to see the rangers play that well um thank you for the comment though really do appreciate it um brian we brian great taste for his hockey um we'll talk about his football taste at a later date um, thank you so much for <laughs> brian, the comment Brian. make sure to go check out the sports box brian will be live tonight at 8 30 p.m brand new episode of blue truth where he'll be talking all things new york rangers based lol Uh, Ben Cruz. Hello. Uh, Giants will give my guy Brady Fitz on Monday night. I could possibly see an upset. What's your keys to the game for beating an angry Brady? Well, Hank, uh, not Hank, Ben, you're going to have to just wait a little bit longer as we'll go over that with our guest in just a few minutes. Um, I'm sorry. It's not 830 post game after the Rangers game tonight. Jamie says my first hockey game. Yes, it was my first hockey game uh great to share that moment with Hank Hank again thank you for bringing me that was a lot of fun no problem hopefully we'll get to do it again
2: sometime later in the season and and like I said to Brian LGR baby
0: but would you both agree that Sam Huff was more than likely the second best linebacker in Giants history outside of Lawrence Taylor he was the guy that I think people talk about right and if we're looking at inside linebackers The reason why I think he was so important to this franchise is because how heavily he was valued back then. The Giants no longer value his position, right? We have Blake Martinez and then who's after him. Uh, A seventh round pick from last year's draft, who was the worst graded inside linebacker on pro football focus and Tay Crowder. So there you go. I mean, that's how influential Sam Huff was. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And as I said, that was the first
2: defense that really got national recognition. And again, I think playing in New York helped, but yet he had a lot of talent on those teams. And again, a lot of those teammates will agree he may, have, he may have been the most valuable member of that defense for sure. And as far as second greatest linebackers, I would probably say that's a, a debate between maybe him and Harry Carson, but I would probably lean towards Sam Huff just because of the impact he had, even though Harry Carson played his whole career with the Giants. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hank said it. Hank said it for real. Um and I'm I mean it's sad that he passed away, but I feel like he lived a pretty pretty long life here until eighty seven and he spent a good amount of years with the Giants. So it's sad that he's gone, but hopefully he lived a very eventful and uh fulfilling life.
0: Absolutely. Um, now let's get on to some more uh bye week stuff. Giants did have an extra week to get ready for the Buccaneers a team that's coming off two consecutive losses one to the Saints and one to the Washington football team will the Giants suffer the wrath of Brady in a week after he loses because the Bucs lost to both of these teams but remember the Bucs were on the road for both of those games they're 4-0 at home this season and it's really starting to come into fruition that the Giants are in such an interesting spot. The Bucks are coming off two losses, and the Giants, if they win, we can potentially start talking about a playoff run on next week's show if they beat Tampa Bay. Um, not going to go there yet, but this timing just seems awful. It, it really seems awful, but I will say this. The Giants are getting a lot healthier heading into the second half of the season, so that's very promising.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm so happy that we're finally developing into a healthier team because with a healthier team, obviously, we will have better outcomes. But, man, I really, really wish that Tom Brady and the Bucks had won last week, especially over Washington, because I hate playing against a Brady. Not only one loss, but two losses, and now they're coming back to prime time at home. It's not going to be a walk in the park, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be a rough game for sure, but I'm very excited to watch it. Now, we have one quick segment before we bring up Brian. Each of us are going to name a player who we expect to break out in the second half of the season. Now, there's a lot of players on this roster on both sides of the football that have really impressed throughout the first half of the season. But there's some that we're still waiting to take that next step. And Sam, who do you think that player would be for you?
1: For me, I went with Kadarius Tony, uh, mostly because as uh as a rookie, you know, he's been trying to find his place and, and we've even mentioned on the show where is he fitting into this offense. And we're we've seen this over the past few weeks that he has found his slot. He like he has been doing really well, and even on the days that he has limited like, you know, his reps aren't as much or Daniel Jones isn't throwing to him as much. When he does get the ball, he makes outstanding plays. He's quick, he's fast. His football IQ is pretty high as well. Um, and in terms of the rest of the season, you know, I, I just like to think that it's there's nowhere else but up. You know, beginning of your career, you start off a little rocky, and hopefully, it just keeps on going up. And with Daniel Jones getting a little bit more comfortable with him in the offense, you know, I'm 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 feeling like. It's only going to get better from here. So as, as a rookie, he's been showing flashes of potential, like I said. And with a good grasp on the game, ready to play, great, great in the offense, great with Daniel Jones, I think that Kadarius Toney is really going to uh, take off for the rest of the year.
0: Love it. I love the pick, too. I hope he breaks out for sure. Hank, who's yours? You
2: know what? I'm going to go with another wide receiver who has yet to score a touchdown catch. This guy being the big free agent that we signed in the offseason. Got to go with Kenny Dalladay. I mean, look, this guy, we've seen flashes of him this season. He can he can catch passes. He's got big hands. And the reason why we got this guy is because, when, theoretically, he should be a red zone target. But we haven't really had the chance to throw to him. And I'd like to think that maybe in the second half, when the time comes, Daniel Jones is going to throw to Kenny Dalladay, assuming – assuming that he's not going to be covered too much in the end zone and with those big hands he should be able to score a few touchdowns over the course of the season i know he's a late bloomer but we'll see hopefully this
0: guy stays healthy too that's the other important factor yeah definitely it's crazy how neither of them have scored a touchdown yet this year
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, I I don't see Daniel Jones really throwing the ball as touchdowns all that much anyway. So that's, that's part of the problem, but.
0: I agree. And Daniel Jones is my guy. He's my breakout candidate to watch out for in the second half of the season through nine games, eight touchdown passes, five interceptions. Again, he really only played seven because he left very early in the Dallas game with a concussion. That's the game where the giants just lost everybody. Um, and he's also getting Andrew Thomas back, who I think is the most important piece to Daniel Jones in this offense, you know, protecting his blind side. I think that's going to be key. And having Andrew Thomas healthy will help boost Daniel Jones stats in the second half of the season. I really like what I've seen from him this year so far. He can run with it. He needs to learn how to slide, but his deep ball is continuing to progress. He's completing about 65% of his passes and I just I think he's going to take off in the second half of the season because the schedule is getting a little bit easier for the giants. We just played the grunt part of our schedule, the schedule that pretty much a lot of people thought, "Eh, you know, the giants will do okay. We're three and six and we probably should be better than three and six. And I think part of the reason why we're three and six is because of the play of Daniel Jones. He's been relatively healthy except for the concussion game and, you know, he's managed the game. Last week when they played the Raiders two weeks ago, people weren't thrilled that he didn't throw the ball a lot, but he didn't need to because the Raiders couldn't stop Devontae Booker. They couldn't mm-hmm. stop Elijah Penny. They couldn't stop Jones on the ground. So that's that's how I feel about that. Um Kevin agrees. He says craziest stat is no touchdown for Galladay. Um yeah. Uh John Rankin from Tight Spot Championship Wrestling loves us. John, thank you so much. We love you too, buddy. Appreciate that. And Garth Michael Patrick. What's up, guys? How's everyone tonight? Garth, um, I'm sorry about your Gators, but uh, I'm happy for your Chargers that they won a football game again. So uh, we'll meet you guys in a few weeks. But thank you so much for the comment. Make sure to go check out Garth on Sweet Tea on Friday nights at 930 p.m. and without further ado let's bring on our guest for the evening uh he is just about ready and here he is brian McGardle of from the stand sports u.s tampa bay bucks fan brian welcome to big blue avenue
3: thank you tom uh for all the times i've had uh, you on the show it's nice to be on your show <laughs> uh and hello to uh, you guys as well the big blue nation out there uh glad to be here
0: awesome now for people who don't know you can you just tell us about your podcast a little bit and where people can find that
3: yeah sure so i do from the stand sports uh it's a college football game day show obviously your man tom here uh comes on and co-hosts uh with andy hopper uh you can find us on facebook youtube at from the stand sports uh the twitter's a little different it's like from the stand sports u.s someone had the handle we couldn't nab it from him so uh But yeah, uh, all the college football action that you can need. So uh, if you love the NFL, you want to know who your team uh, might want to pick up in the upcoming draft, uh, come come check us out and you can see a little bit more Tom uh, every week.
0: Which I'll be seeing you tomorrow morning as well. Bright and early. Bright (laughs) bright and early. Uh, Looking forward to it. But Brian, we brought you here for a little bit of a different reason tonight to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I guess we'll shoot straight down the line with some of these questions and It's been brutal for Tom Brady these last couple of weeks, four picks in his last two games, the Washington game. They did not look good. Two picks in the first quarter. First time he's done that in nine years. And the Bucs as a unit just had 273 yards of total offense. What do you attribute the Brady turnovers and the Bucs offensive struggles to these last couple of weeks?
3: I mean, let's be honest. It is Brady. Um, I think he does know what he's doing but this is we've seen a little bit of uncertainty I guess um between him and the sideline and that comes down to what him and Byron Leftwich uh you know what they're deciding with these play calls and you know typically you know start of the season new team this, this, let's remember people he he was with the Patriots his entire career this is still a new system for him uh Byron Leftwich is still pretty young um and now we've got receivers left and right just dropping like flies. I don't know uh, if you guys have talked about this yet already, but uh, Antonio Brown caught earlier today with a fake COVID card. I so saw questionable. that. Yeah, he was questionable already. I can't imagine uh, the NFL is going to be let him, letting him play uh, this weekend uh, or the games coming up, I would assume. So, yeah, you know he's, he's been missing some big targets, and the adjustment has been uh, a little bad. Um, yeah, I th- I think this is just, you know, regular season jitters. I don't think there's anything serious to be concerned about here. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about is, you know, the play calling uh, how he's waved off left, Witch. I hope that's not like a personality war going on between the two, because I think Brady is actually someone correct me if I'm wrong. But I think he's older than left, Witch by like a year or two. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's kind of a little weird dynamic going on there. Um, but I'm, I'm not entirely worried that. The one interception, um, like I said, we've lost so many uh, of our core receivers to injury. Darden goes in, uh, you know, these guys that Brady's been able to rely on, no turnovers, no fumbles. Darden's first catch of the game, he tries to turn with it, just no ball security at all. Ball gets flipped up into the air, it counted as an interception, but it was, might as well have been a fumble uh, on Darden. So, I mean, n- not the best, but I, I don't think this is going to, you know go on for the for the rest of the season here yeah no i i
2: think the bucks have too much talent to just fall apart and collapse i would be i would be really shocked that happened and by the way i actually looked it up byron left which was actually two and a half years younger than brady okay scary. but either way you're pretty close right so anyways my question regarding last week's game so one of the big big reasons the buckners lost in that game i think was because washington scored on each of their first four drives in that in that game how did the bucks fall into such a hole so early
3: complacency i guess um i, I think so so one of the biggest things we'll get into this uh, a little bit later here but um I, I don't like our secondary at all pretty much the entirety of it right now obviously again the injury is just not great um but I think last season people knew with Brady at the helm, <clears throat> excuse me, at the helm, he's a very calming presence. Everyone has seen, you know, the memes, you know, of, of Brady sitting on the sideline. If you see if you see this, like your team's in trouble. <laughs> um, like those viral picks of Brady. And for the most part, that is true. But you, that doesn't work when you have all these injuries. Like you can't go to the sideline and be like, okay, it's gonna be okay. You know, we got Brady, you know, it's just touchdown, it's just a field goal. You know, by that time, you know, halftime, you're down 10 could have been even more. We had a very, very dumb penalty on third and two. I think it was, um, it was a Golston, I think made made a terrible jump. uh, Yeah. At the two minute warning, they get a first down and goes, you know, kick another field goal. So just dumb mistakes that I think are, have been brought by the complacency that, you know, Brady is a very common presence. Um, but when you have all these key players missing, I think they need to be on their toes more, than they were last season. Um, so.
1: (laughs) I mean, you've been kind of answering the question that I was going to ask, um, (laughs) regarding the lack of stars on your offense and the injuries. And I guess how much of that would you attribute to this, this losing streak that you guys have been on? Like, do you think it's the injuries that is the main cause of it? Or do you think it's something else?
3: Yeah. I I mean, I don't want to say it's entirely, because of that. But, I mean, these, these are key players. And I think, yeah. you know, the biggest thing here is that it's two sort of dueling sets of players. We have our wide receivers, uh, which, which is, that are gone. It's not helping Tom. I mean, obviously Gronk as well, but, you know, our receiving core. And then the other side of the ball, we have pretty much our entire secondary out, uh, save for like, I think, one regular starter. And so we get into this problem where the secondary is so weak we're getting exposed. We go down early, and then you have to rely on Brady to, you know, you know, bring us back. We, we still have a running game, Fournette. You know, very good. But when you get behind early, you're throwing the ball more. That's forced Brady into these mistakes with guys that he might not be throwing to as much um, if he had his decision. I guess uh, if everyone was healthy, so it, it's it's not a great situation, but. If if at least once, if we can get our receiving core back or if we can get our secondary back, uh, just one of those two groups, I think it'll at least balance the playing field a little bit for us.
0: Or if you can get Aaron Robinson back after four years.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I'd be fine bringing him back to Florida. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but my next question is actually about the defense. This is a good transition. I look at this defense and I see a lot of very talented players, right? On the edge, you got Shaq Barrett with five and a half sacks. You have Jason Pierre-Paul. Levante David is a tackling machine. He's been that way for the past decade. In the secondary, you just drafted Antoine Winfield. Jamel Dean has been a good player. Two interceptions on the season. But the two leaders to me are Devin White, who just blew up last week with two sacks, and Antoine Winfield, another special player who consistently gets – close or two double-digit tackles every week. He's kind of like a box safety who can also pass cover pretty well. Uh, Focus on those two players for me, Brian. What impresses you the most about both of those players and the reason why I'm pinpointing on them, not only are they great, but they're young. They're very, very young players.
3: So uh, I'll I'll split it into the two because I personally don't think Winfield, I guess, is as good as maybe... uh, I, I mean, I know you picked these. You, you pick these two because of their stat lines, and you know, from an outsider's mm-hmm. perspective, that they are you know very good on paper. Devin White, I think, is a phenomenal player. Uh, so I'll start with him because I actually do like him. Uh, he, he just has elite speed, elite size. He's a hawk to the ball uh, in the middle of the field. Which right now, when you have these guys giving up receptions, uh, you know, I guess more frequently, I'll say, you love to have guys like that who are going to close the play down quickly. Um. whereas on the other side with Winfield, I think his stat line is more due to the fact that he will give up more big plays uh, so those tackles come because he has to make the tackle in the first place I could go on a very long tangent about Jason Lake, our GM and his decisions in, in the drafts and how much I do not like them uh, we've seen a lot of secondary come in and then leave because uh, they just weren't good. And that's not even going back like, you know, the last 10 years, just in the last three or four drafts, we've had guys who just have not worked out. I think, with the exception of Carlton Davis, I haven't liked many of them. Listen, Win- Winfield is a decent player. I don't think he's elite. May- maybe I'll be wrong. Um, maybe this is, I-, I just don't like him because I didn't want him in the draft, which is ironic because the guy who I did want us to trade up for. Is on your team, uh, Xavier McKinney. So, would have loved to get him. We ended up with uh, store brand McKinney. Um, I, but, you did. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, hey, if you guys want to send him our way, uh, I, I'd love to get a trade going there. We're Since good. you like Winfield so much, I'll send Winfield up to you.
1: <laughs> we're good.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's what I figured. Oh, well.
0: Uh, Brian loves the SEC. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the SEC tomorrow. So, um <laughs> I've had just about enough of that conference already, but uh, Hank, why, why don't you take over for a second while I regain my composure? Yes, for <laughs> sure. Now bad. We talked about your
2: side of defense now. I think it's worth talking about the Giants' side of the defense. They have actually significantly improved over the last three games. As a matter of fact, I don't think they've allowed a touchdown in the second half of the last three games either, fun fact. What about this defense scares you the most in your opinion brian
3: um the fact that you guys actually have a decent secondary that we would love to have um (laughs) listen i I mean i just named him but xavier mckinney has been fantastic he's got seven uh pass deflections he's got a pick six I, i don't recall what game that came from um but i think he's got four uh interceptions in total um and listen you guys are on the upswing right now and we are on the downswing hard so this could be a lot of trouble for us. Um, I'm hoping not. I, I don't want to get your hopes up too much, but <laughs> I, I don't think. Like since we've gotten Brady, I've been pretty calm. Like we lose a game, we're like, all right, you know, it's it's whatever. But you know, you lose two in a row, and then you you get that itch. You're like, oh man, is is something bad happening here? Um, but yeah, I I wish I had you know been able to to watch more of you guys' games. Uh, as Tom can attest, uh, I'm usually on twitter late into the night watching college football from 11 a.m. to to midnight with our uh, late pack 12 action so uh besides bucks games i don't get to watch too many uh of the neutral site games but you know uh, watching you guys show i've seen at the very least the um the sentiment towards the giants you know start to to pep up a little so um th- that is at least a little bit scary for us as, as bucks fans <laughs>
0: I don't think you need to watch the Giants. I mean, you you know us in the back of your brain. I mean, you know, you've come in the comments section and predicted pretty much every game correctly the entire season. So I was going to say, you're the only one, I think, that is
2: during our show, correctly predicted multiple Giants wins. So that that alone <laughs> gives you a proper applause right there. Uh, well, thank the way, you I want to just get to this comment quickly. My good friend Clark Pocha asked me, "Do the Raiders have a chance against the high-powered angles offense? I mean, they have a chance, but do I think they're going to win?
0: Eh, I'm not too optimistic about that." Sorry, Clark. They just lost <laughs> to us. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying something. Yeah, I try to swing that in the Giants' direction. The <laughs> I'm not even going to try there. to like get into their whole
2: ordeals off the field either. They had a new one. Better.
3: They had a new one as well after Rugs, right? Someone uh Yeah, was that like was uh um, Arnett. Arnett, <laughs> yes, uh- yeah.
2: <laughs> and that was the guy that they wasted one of their Khalil Mack picks on. So that makes it worse.
0: Both were 2020 first rounders.
1: We Again, can go
2: on. Clark, love you. Love your optimism. Had a had a blast enjoying the game with you a couple weeks ago, but just wanted to give show him a little love in the comments. <laughs>
1: Um, circling back to the Buccaneers here, Um, the Buccaneers, like you said, there have been times where, you know, in the middle of the season, they might start to decline a little. We saw that last year as well. And obviously it didn't seem to cause too much problems because they came up with a Super Bowl win last year. Um, But do you think that this is the time that it's finally going to kick into gear? Do you think that they're going to keep on slumping down or, or are they back on their way up?
3: Oof, um, that is a tough question. If this is coming off like a single loss, I would say, you know, hundred percent will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it depends looking at the schedule. It's, it's a little rough, at least for the next few weeks is what I'll say. Uh, then it gets a little bit easier towards the end. Um, we've got a big game against Buffalo, you know, with the way we're playing, that could be really tough. Um, I don't think I would lock us in for a win with that, um, Indianapolis. Oh, they're okay, but it's, you know, a game on the road. Uh, I mean, hell, we just lost to the two and six Washington football team. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think we'll be fine. I don't think we're going to see anything like a bye week for us, uh, into the NFC. I think the Rams are a really great team. Um, Packers, I mean, I think we probably fall between or sorry, behind both of those teams uh by the end of the season but we'll see. I mean it's the first season with 17 games so you know sure. maybe maybe something weird happens towards the end but yeah I I'm overall I'm still still positive.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to see where you guys are
3: ranked right now. Are you guys 3? Trying to think. Are you oh. in what the NFC? NFC, yeah. Um I believe we're fourth or I
0: tied four, for fourth. Actually you are 4 now cuz Dallas yeah. won and you lost. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's tough because you'd get whoever doesn't win the NFC West. And, I mean, yeah, the Cardinals have lost a couple of games, but it, it's been Colt McCoy starting. and hasn't been Kyler Murray. They haven't right. had DeAndre. I know that's one team you didn't mention in that list right there. So I think that's another team that could potentially make some noise in the playoffs. I know it sure. was, one of us here has them winning the NFC West. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Sam. has the Cardinals winning <laughs> the NFC West. So – Look, they very well might. They beat the Rams. So, but we'll see. Yeah. Rams have a couple new pieces now. Hopefully they pan out well for them. But, Brian, we're going to start to preview this game with you. Giants, Bucks, three and six against six and three Uh, at Tampa Bay on Monday night football. The Giants lead the all time series 16 to eight. They've won seven out of their last nine meetings. Uh, despite being 11-point dogs in this game. I know we talk about lines a lot on From the Stand, so I figured I'd incorporate that here. Daniel Jones's first career win actually was against Tampa Bay, Um, and we know how Tom Brady hasn't performed historically well against the Giants, but I feel like that's been more in the playoffs than the regular season. Hank and Sam, would you agree with that? Because it seems like since forty six. Brady's had our number whenever we've met him
2: yeah he has that chip on his shoulder every time he plays the Giants we live in his head rent free like he he just wants to come back to haunt them and give them some form of retribution you know
1: yeah yeah I would agree it's 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 the thing that it's he knows he'll never come to the point where he plays the Giants in the Super Bowl again and and gets a win so it's definitely something that sits in the back of his brain for quite quite a number of years now
2: yeah heck i'm sure the eagles feel he
1: feels the same way against the eagles too i'm sure he feels that way about nick Foles. i don't know if he feels that way about the eagles (laughs) well he did beat the eagles in the super bowl once
0: he's one and one against the eagles in the super bowl so he does have a win against them but
2: yes that was the one where McNabb. McNabb yacked on the sideline, and Andy Reid
0: pretty much used up way too much clock in the fourth quarter. He's having too much uh, Campbell's chicken noodle soup. Remember, he was on those commercials. <laughs> that was so funny. Yes, <laughs> guy. Syracuse guy, Syracuse guy. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, we talked about bad timing. The Bucks have lost two in a row, but Brian, I don't know if you're giving the Bucks enough credit for the way they've performed at home this year, they are 4-0 and at Raymond James Stadium. They defend their home turf very, very well, at least in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I was trying to keep it a little open-ended here. Um, I of know course. you had to do your, your predictions at the end, <laughs> so yeah. I didn't want to get a little too high and mighty on us. But, yeah, they have been doing very well at home. So, uh, obviously, you love, you love to see that as a fan, um it's a monday night game historically the bucks aren't that great on monday night i think they're like dead 500 uh, i forget how many games it's been but um yeah the, monday night football always throws a little bit of extra spice into it so um we'll see um I, I don't know i i just don't trust my secondary so much that it it's it's giving giving me so many nerves like i i would not be surprised if we lost so Uh, that's that's all i can say about uh about that
0: well look i mean you're in a good spot in my opinion and before we get to keys to the game just a couple more things that um i think are really starting to go the giants way andrew thomas returning to practice barkley will be back returning to the lineup for the first time since week five and uh sam and hanks two breakout players for the second half of the season Kadarius tony and kenny galladay brian talked about a week secondary i mean these two guys are the giants two best wide receivers because i don't think sterling shepherd's playing yet this week he didn't even practice today the one thing that might save him is the game is on monday night but i don't think he's gonna play so i'm looking at Kadarius tony i'm looking at kenny galladay
1: yeah for sure and, and the thing is too with with the way that the Buccaneers' defense works, is their their run defense is very good. And even if we have Barkley back, who has not really shown me all that much this year, and Booker is, you know, going to be in the mix. Hopefully, I'd, I'd like that a lot. We got to pass the ball. We got to throw the ball a lot more. So that's why I'm looking at Tony. That's why we're looking at Galladay, because these are going to be the guys that Daniel Jones is going to be looking down the field to in order to make some major plays.
0: Yeah, I mean, just looking at the passer rating, when targeting Tony, Jones has a 109.8 rating. Um, that is the highest <laughs> among rookie wide receivers. That's And uh, Brian, I know you were on the draft show and you saw all of our reactions, I believe when the Giants drafted Kadarius Tony. And <laughs> it, it was a rather interesting night, to say the least. But another Florida guy, uh, who played with Kyle Trask, who happened to be drafted by, which, by the way, you still give me goosebumps about your prediction on that night. Well, whoever gets Trask on day two is probably getting a real steal and it happens to be your team. So that was the first of your string of just like very weird, like spooky predictions. <laughs>
3: uh, but well, that, that actually came after the Devonta Smith call um but yeah going going back oh yeah
0: you're right yeah you predicted it as the heisman winner
3: yeah but going back to draft night i do remember the Kadarius tony reaction and what i was going to say i actually completely forgot that you know you got that wasn't you know your guys favorite pick um but i didn't think he was going to at least not immediately i didn't think he was going to be a very big impact in the nfl but he has adapted very very well um, mm-hmm. He's a, a really shifty player, which we saw at Florida. I thought he was just going to get absolutely murdered, though, um, coming into the NFL if he was getting so much time on the ball. But he's he's adapted very well, very quickly. So, I listen, I, I, I know you guys would probably love to have Saquon back 100%, but for this game at least, I think you might actually benefit relying more on the passing game and having them, uh, or at least having Saquon um, out for, for most of the game, because that's where we're getting exposed. So, um, you know, let Tony run wild on us. Cause it probably will happen. Uh, if he gets past that, that first line, um, uh, of Devin white at the helm there, I think we're in trouble. So I don't know. I, I feel like most giants fans would probably say, no, give us safe one back. But <laughs> this is going from, from what I've seen, um, with, with our defenses here.
1: I think that's a fair comment. I think that's a very fair comment. I mean, like I said earlier, Saquon is, you know, we love Saquon and we want him to be the best that he can be, but we haven't seen much from him this season. And coming off of this injury and coming back, and I just, uh, I I want him to do well. But, I mean, Booker has done just fine for us in the run game with Saquon being out these past few weeks. So I I honestly wouldn't even mind if he just took a seat during this game and took one more week, but probably not going to happen.
3: Yeah. Is is that kind of the thoughts around, you know, Giants Nation that they sh- maybe not will, but should sit him? Because he, he also had an, a knee injury last year, right? Um, yeah. It's kind of getting to the point yeah, where man. you want to protect because, I mean, that's a franchise guy right there.
2: But then here's the problem. He's a free agent after the season. Like
1: yeah. <sighs> yeah. after next season. They're in season. A tough place.
2: Yeah. I know. I, I just, it's. It's something that's like driving me insane and like, look, if I had to do it all over again, this isn't nothing against Saquon, but I probably would have just traded down the pick, but you know what? I'm just wasting my breath. It's, it is what it is at this point.
0: It is what it is. And a lot of injuries have derailed the giants as well this year. Um, It's gotten to the point where the giants just added Bernardrick McKinney to their active roster this week they're very thin at linebacker there's no Blake Martinez Carter Coughlin is still on short-term IR we don't know when he's coming back so you know like I said they, they've they been very thin they, they've lost Nick Gates they've lost Shane Lemieux it's gotten to the point where Isaiah Wilson who was also a 2020 first round pick project that failed for Tennessee is on the Giants practice squad transitioning from tackle to guard So this is kind of like his last hope in the NFL. If he doesn't succeed at this position, he's not going to succeed at any position on the offensive line. So it is a little scary thinking about it. But uh, let's get into our keys of the game. Um, Sam, we'll start with you here. Uh, Give us, for the Giants at least, what are your keys to the game
1: for this game, like I said, passing the ball is going to be definitely a big thing. And I'm going to go with targeting in the red zone because we have been, you know, Daniel Jones gets the points on the boards for us somehow, but just passing the ball off nickel and diming. But we need bigger plays. We need to get the ball down the field. We need to throw the ball more in this game. And i love to see him target Kyle Rudolph. In the end zone, not outside it, and then run in. It'd be better if you're there. Um, like Hank was mentioning before earlier in the show, Kenny Galladay is a red zone receiver. We need to utilize him there. So I would say the best thing for us to do to get points on the board, um, target in the red zone, You know, get in front of Tom Brady because, again – as much as Brian is a little skeptical about this, I will not bet against Tom Brady after two losses at home on prime time, so I think that it, the most important thing is get in front, get points on the get points on the board, target in the red zone, and pass the ball
2: yeah that's that 's a pretty vital and important key to the game and as for me, I have a few key, keys to this game. the first one, Tom. Sam, what do you think I'm going to say? Get off the field. Bingo. <laughs> I think that's one way you can stop Tom Brady to ensure that he loses three in a row for the first time. I, I don't think he has lost more than two games in a row in his career. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, actually, I don't think so. Number two, and this is probably one of my new favorite keys to the game, and it really became my really became this way ever since that loss to the Chiefs. B disciplined keep the penalties to a minimum you want to know the difference between the chiefs game and the raiders game the giants had zero penalties in the second half against the raiders a few more penalties we might have lost that game and against the buccaneers and tom brady i'm gonna warn you giants fans tom brady gets a lot of calls don't expect that you're gonna have stuff in your favor so you got to be very careful against this team.
0: I agree with that for sure. Um, for the Giants, I, I think obviously putting pressure on Tom Brady, right? You put pressure on Tom Brady, you're able to win football games. I mean, it, it's it's been done twice by us at, at the biggest stage of them all. The Bucks have the sixth-ranked offense in the NFL. But as we mentioned, Brady's been shaky, four picks in the last two games partially due to the fact that Leonard Fournette has been the leading target because defenses are keying in on Godwood and Evans because there, there is no Gronk, there is no A.B. over these last two games. So Leonard Fournette has been the checkdown guy. Washington also had five sacks last week. This was a defense that has been non-existent majority of the season. It's like Washington picked up right where they left off in last year's wild card game. I mean, Ron, Ron Rivera was just acting like he pulled off the upset of the century. And yeah, I think keeping Brady off the field is important. Brady had the ball for not even 21 minutes last week. Washington possessed the ball for over 38 minutes in this game. Taylor Heineke, Antonio Gibson, that Washington team, that two and six team, 38 minutes of ball. I mean, that's not a recipe for success for Tampa Bay. And that's why. It leads into my next key is winning the battle of the trenches. I think we need to establish a run and keep Devontae Booker involved in the game plan, even if Barkley comes back and plays, which I think Barkley should play, because I think gives you a better shot of beating Tampa Bay if he does. Keep Booker involved. Get him you know, somewhere between 7 to 10 touches, uh, whether it's through the air or on the ground. But this is the problem. Why are the trenches so important? Brian mentioned this before, how the Giants should air it out, because that's where the Bucs' uh, weakness lies defensively, is in the secondary. Their front seven is rock solid. They have the second-best run defense in the entire National Football League. They're not even giving up 80 yards a game. They've only given up four runs of 20-plus yards all year. We talked about Devin White and Levante David before. Vita Vea is a guy we haven't mentioned yet. He pretty much reminds me of what Dalvin Tomlinson was for us last year and it's pretty much what it comes down to. you got to win the trenches in the running game, but you also have to win the trenches in the passing game. You have to protect Daniel Jones. Andrew Thomas being back is key because this quarterback has been sacked 20 times in nine football games this season. And there is a very alarming stat that was tweeted out by Alex Wilson from Fireside Giants, and I'm going to read it right right now. And this is why I think, having Andrew Thomas come back is more important than having a guy like Barkley or Galladay come back. Jones is passing yards with Andrew Thomas, 285 on average, without him, 158. That is a 130 yard difference. Now that's scary. That's scary. And I think it's really going to help the giants this week and play into their game plan. And then defensively, I mean, you guys, we pretty much talked about it before. Put pressure on Tom Brady. The Bucs have two good tackles in Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs, and they're good in the interior as well. I'll leave Marpet, sixth-ranked guard in the league, and then Alex Kappa as well. So that is my rant on the trenches because we have sucked their uh, majority of the season. Brian, And that leads us to you and what your keys of the game are for Tampa Bay.
3: So in these last two losses the biggest problem has been, I mean, I I know I talked about Brady as a calming presence. Things have gone a bit awry and it's happening on both sides of the ball. Um, Just in these last two games against uh, the, sorry, I keep wanting to call them the Redskins against the Washington football team uh, and against the saints. First downs from penalties, eight in two games. I mean, I just talked about that two minute warning penalty where William Golston jumped the line, Washington got another free score. I, th- I mean, thank God it was only a field goal, at least, you know, kept us in the game a little bit. But you can't give up eight first downs with stupid mistakes like that and expect to win a game, especially when your offense is struggling. So third third down efficiency would probably be my second one. It's been decent. Um eight and thirteen, eight of thirteen against the Saints, four and ten against Washington, which isn't great, but I think if they can take care of those two things, um, that'll at the very least, you know, make me calm. Um, Cause I'm sure I'm going to be, you know, pulling my hair out as, as Daniel Jones throws it over our secondary's heads for a few bombs for a touchdown. So, um, but yeah, th- those are the two, if we can keep that on track, I'll be, I'll be a little bit more uh, in-, in tune with, with us, you know, pulling off a W.
0: All fair points. I think this game just really screams uh, super tight, close game at the very end. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I mean, Hank and Sam have been touching upon this all, all week. You know, we're, we're not favoring our team by any means, but we think the 11-point line is a little bit disrespectful with the way the Bucks are playing right now and with the way the Giants are playing right now. At least, the, the, also, the Giants have won two out of their last three. So... Brian you're right the Giants are trending upward right now and you look at who they've beaten it's the Carolina Panthers currently uh slotted as a playoff team and the Las Vegas Raiders also I don't know if they still are now but they they were at least currently (laughs) slotted as a playoff team before this past week so it's very valid It, it is it is very valid and I think if the Giants have any shot of pulling this upset off. We have to talk about the players that will make it happen, which transitions us into our next segment, Players to Watch. And Sam, I'm going to start with you. Give me a player or two from the Giants and the Bucks that you're looking at on Monday night.
1: My player to watch for the New York Giants this week is going to be Xavier McKinney, mostly because of the fact that the um, – this giant secondary has been fantastic. He's been fantastic. He was our player of the week uh, several times this season. Um, Brian has also mentioned how much he likes him as a player. So he's definitely going to be my player of the week. Tom's been throwing interceptions. Granted, that one that got popped out by the ball handler might have been more of a fumble. But it seems like that's kind of the demise of Tom Brady, right? Of these interceptions and Xavier McKinney is somebody who's doing that for us. So he is my player to watch for the New York Giants. And on the Tampa Bay side, our old friend, Jason Pierre Paul. I mean, I, it, it's always like kind of like sad to go up against JPP <laughs> because like he was, he was great on our team. And when he left, I was like a little upset. Um, but something that is our demise on our offensive line is not as strong as the Buccaneers is. Um, And something that really gets on Daniel Jones and would help kind of make him tank throughout the game are the sacks and the, you know, the pressures and the tackles. So JPP is obviously someone who's very good at that on the Buccaneer side of the ball. So hopefully we can contain JPP a little bit, but I have a feeling that he is going to be going after Daniel Jones like nobody's business. Those are my two players to watch.
2: I like the one, I like the point you made about JPP. First of all, like (laughs) athletes will never tell you this like straight up face to face, but you just know whenever they go up against their former team, it gives them that added amount of motivation. So that makes a lot of sense. And that's probably who I was thinking. However, with that being said, my Tampa Bay player to watch is Devin White. This guy has 79 tackles. Let, he led the team in tackles last week against Washington. He is always a threat on that side of the ball, and if, if it wasn't for I think if, if it wasn't for all the attention that Tom Brady had, I think you could very well make the case that he was probably the Buck's MVP of that Super Bowl run, or at least one of them. So I would definitely say Devin White for sure. However, for the Giants, my player to watch this week, I'm going to have to go with Leonard Williams. This guy has been one of the most has been slowly getting better over the past few weeks. And now he's pretty much I believe I want to say he's now tied among the team lead in sacks right now with five and a half. He also leads the team with 10 quarterback hits. So, you know, he's definitely going to be putting a lot of Tom pressure, uh, pressure on Tom Brady. And let's not forget, this guy's no stranger to Tom Brady either. Remember, he played for the Jets back when tom brady was at the patriots like right at the end so i think leonard williams is going to be a very key factor for the giants in this game without a doubt
0: brian who do you got one for the giants and you can mention a couple for the bucks if you want
3: so actually i'm going to flip it around on you uh because i like two of you guys uh on the giants here sam just mentioned one already but xavier mckinney uh, and also James Bradbury. Um, both those guys in the secondary have been huge the last 30 weeks. And listen, Brady, Brady's a little shook. Um, if, if he's throwing these interceptions, most of the time he's he's calm about it. Didn't happen, though, last week. You know, usually playbook is thrown out the window and he's, you know, re- restart has has a nice game. Didn't happen. Uh, two losses in a row. And now he's going up against these two guys in a secondary that I think is probably better uh, than both of the two teams that we've just come off of losing to. So l- listen, if he's struggling against worse opposition, I, I already said, I really like McKinney. Um, wish we could have him. And then, you know, James Bradbury as well as, but even, even in the Kansas city, both Kansas city lost, uh, both of them played pretty well. So um, those are my two players uh, that I'm going to be watching. Cause if, if Brady starts struggling, you know, if, if, Godwin, if that coverage on Godwin is is tight, if we don't get Gronk back, um, I think things could get really frustrating uh, on the sidelines there for Brady, and then that's going to transition onto the field. Um, for the Bucks. you know, it's got to be Devin White. The secondary is just completely depleted. They need him to have another massive week. He's going to be tackling absolutely everyone. Um, I think this is probably going to come down to a Kadarius-Tony versus uh, Devin White battle here for a lot of this game. Um, he's, you know, become one of my favorite receivers for you guys. Um, I don't get to watch, you know, much action, but like I said, he's developed very well, very quickly. And, you know, he's got the speed both of those guys have elite speed. So whoever wins that battle, I think that could be a turning point in how this game, uh, evolves and, and ultimately turns out.
0: Yeah. I agree. And Tony is the leading receiver for the giants, 352 yards. That's first on the team. Um, So I definitely agree with that. And then Bradbury, you mentioned McKinney has four picks, but Bradbury is three and Bradbury also has 10 passes defended. So he's going to be matched up against Mike Evans, but is there anybody from the bucks you had in mind, Brian?
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, besides Devin white, I guess. Um, I guess I'll just throw in Gronk, uh, just if he's on the field or not, that's that could open up everything, honestly, for, for Brady. It's, it's a face that you know he's used to, and in those situations where you know you're getting pressured and you need someone to just rely on, he is that uh, reliable player for Brady. Um, just you know, quick stat comparison for the two guys who uh, are behind Gronk, which is O.J. Howard and Cameron Brate. Uh, don't think Brady trusts them as much. Gronk in four games had 16 receptions on just 22 targets, while Brate in nine games has just 14 on 18 and OJ Howard nine games, 13 out of 19. So I think those guys, I would have to go back and watch, but if those guys are dropping, I would put probably the mistake on the receivers. Um, I don't think those are, those are balls thrown by Brady that were, that were terrible. Um, So if he's getting to a point where he just doesn't trust throwing to those guys, you know, that's going to be another thing where it forces him to, to throw to guys like Mike Evans and Godwin even more. And it's, it becomes predictable. So, Yeah, if Gronk gets back, that makes it less predictable for us. It gives him another weapon, um, a very good weapon, I'll say.
1: I just have to add to that really quick, and I know for a fact that it's his tight ends dropping the ball or not (laughs) making correct plays because every time he does that and they either drop the ball or the play isn't completed, every single time I go, Gronk would have caught that. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's it's just the fact that you know they have so much chemistry together it's just they're so close and it, they just know each other so well and that's why they work so well together but every time he targets like great i think he like maybe dropped a pit, uh, a touchdown at some point or something like that um i forget what it was but i would literally every single time i see it i'm like rob would have caught that he would have <laughs> definitely been right there for tom so i definitely definitely hear what you're saying there
3: even Brady's touchdown last week got deflected and it was, it was coming yeah. in like a bullet, but it got hit at the line and came in a little softer. And when I saw how fast he threw it, I was like, Oh God, he's, he's going to miss this. <laughs> um, but l- luckily, you know, it took the juice off it with that deflection. So
1: yeah, he got I lucky, got... I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm just going to say, uh, obviously for Tampa Bay, I mean, my two guys, I mean, I got Brady on here. I mean, third quarterback and passing efficiency, uh, the Bucks give up the least amount of sacks in the NFL, and their offense has scored the most touchdowns in the league this season. And I know PFF, you can say what you want about it, but Brady is ranked number one on PFF. And for a guy who's 44 years old, 27 touchdown passes and almost 3,000 yards in nine games is quite remarkable. But a guy I'm really worried about, Brian, you did. Pick Gronk because the Giants cannot cover tight ends, and we know that if Gronk plays, the Giants are in dear trouble. Uh, but Leonard Fournette, last week he didn't have his best game, but on the year he's been pretty solid. He's been pretty consistent, almost 500 yards. And Hank, you brought off you brought up brought up a point about playoff Lenny, who was a real key player for mm-hmm. the Bucks down the stretch uh, last year. And again, the Giants can't stop the run. I mean. we're— we said this earlier on in the show we've said this in previous weeks austin johnson danny shelton those are our guys that are trying to stop the run in addition to leonard williams and dexter lawrence yes but the guys playing the zero tech position they're not cutting it they're really not cutting it and it was yeah exactly um which brings me to the Giants. I'm picking nobody that's on the script. I'm not picking Daniel Jones. I'm not picking Saquon Barkley. I'm picking Aziz Ojalari. <laughs> I'm picking Aziz Ojalari because if you're going to win this football game, you have to put pressure on Tom Brady. And Aziz Ojalari, maybe outside of Leonard Williams, is the best pass rusher on this roster. Also has five and a half sacks. Second round pick out of Georgia. And him and Quincy Roche are starting to complement each other very well, where they've put third- and fourth-year players on the bench. That's how quick of an impact these two guys have made. Quincy Roche got cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers on cutdown day, and he's now more than likely going to be starting for the Giants within the next couple of weeks, if not on Monday night. I mean, even, even if he doesn't start on Monday night, he'll probably see more reps than Zimenez and Carter. In fact, I'd make Zimenez a healthy scratch. I'd put Ellerson Smith in there over Zimonets. That's how confident I feel uh, in Ogilari on Monday night getting to the quarterback. I think he's going to be a beast, quite frankly. Um, You know, I I was thinking about Jones, but uh, look, the primetime games really scared me. He's 0 7 (laughs) in primetime games. And I hate that we have to pin this up for the audience to look at, but. If, if that, you know, brings any recipe for success for Tampa Bay in this game, take advantage of that. Make him uncomfortable. Um, but, yeah. So one last question for all of us before we make our game predictions and just go down the injury list. Brian, I, I think I already know the answer because I, I think I, I, I know you pretty well by this point. <laughs> one player you would steal from the giants <laughs> and why i feel like we've been talking about him the whole show but uh well
3: right i'll let here. you lead off then tom uh, who, who do you think it is it's like it's, so, it's x x gonna give it to you it is it is good <laughs> good call uh um, so i actually- well, hey, you you dog, you had to recover earlier in the show because of the SEC talk, and you just went ahead and picked Ojalari as your your player <laughs> of the game for the Giants. So straight out of Georgia,
1: he's got you, Tom. He got you there. Yeah,
3: you won up to
0: me, and now I have to listen to you guys bash <laughs> Notre Dame tomorrow. How they only moved up one spot in the <laughs> rankings? So hey,
3: I, I'm pro Notre Dame. I know, um, I know. <laughs> but no. So thinking about this question i was going back and forth uh it's more of like a short-term versus long-term thing yeah obviously mckinney is who i would want right now uh we are very depleted in the secondary he would be an instant help um but if we were talking like super long-term franchise type thing i would probably even with the injuries just steal saquon um our most recent draft pick of ronald jones he's a decent he's a decent back but i mean saquon is is more of, he's he's that dude um ronald jones is okay i don't think he's ever going to be a franchise player we got Fournette getting old you know he's not going to be here much longer so yeah long term i would have gone with saquon but you know for this season we, i i gotta i gotta get these wins now while we still got brady so um yeah. i would i would take uh mckinney for for right now <laughs>
0: Sam, who are you stealing from the Bucks?
1: From the Bucks? I mean, why not take JPP back? I mean, we could we could definitely use somebody like him on our defense, even though our defense is pretty strong right now. I'm not going to say Tom Brady because I don't I don't <laughs> want him. I love I, I honestly have have enjoyed watching him play, not for the new New England Patriots, but. We'll go on the defensive side. You know, JPP, we we loved him on the team when he was here. I'd love to have him back.
2: JPP, I like that one. But that's not who I was going to take. Devin White is my pick. Love that guy. He's an absolute beast. I would have absolutely loved to take him in the first round for the record of 2019. Not that I'm complaining about Daniel Jones. Not complaining about Daniel Jones at all. But I like that
0: guy. Really good. He was literally the pick right after Daniel Jones too. I know. I was oh, just gonna man.
3: ask. I was just gonna ask what pick you guys had because White was what Next, number five.
1: We had White.
0: Whole,
3: White was seven. Seven. Okay. We Daniel we were Jones six.
0: You guys were seven that year. Um, <sighs> Hank. Well, you took mine, and I, I just want to say one thing: if you're starting an NFL franchise today, and you have to start with one player no quarterbacks any positional player not named a quarterback you're taking mm-hmm. devin white at least in my yeah. opinion right cuz he can do everything he's that he, he's the best linebacker in the in the in the NFL uh mm-hmm. interior linebacker inside linebacker not edge rusher inside linebacker he can run with running backs and coverage he can run with tight ends in coverage he can run with wide receivers in coverage he can stop the run I don't know if there's one true blatant weakness to his game. And as dull as this might sound, I'm going to agree with Hank and say Devin White. But one honorable mention, and Sam and Hank are going to love this, I'm stealing Ryan Jensen uh, to replace Billy Price at center.
1: Ah, Um, That's such a good one. That is such a good one. one I want to switch mine.
0: (laughs) I like that one as well. Billy Price drives me.
2: Brian, you me. don't
1: understand <laughs> how horrible this man is. He literally blocked Devin, uh Devontae Booker from running we in had to give the cheapskate. We had to give up B.J. Hill for that guy, seriously. He is absolutely the worst giant on this team. I'll All tell
3: right. you what. Ryan Jensen is – I mean, that that's at a right field. I'm surprised you went with that, Tom. Um, well, hang I'm surprised.
0: I
2: was actually expecting you to say someone along the lines of Tristan Wirfs, to be honest.
3: That, that would be a good one as well. Ryan Jensen though. I I love him. Me and my family laugh every time we're watching him. He is one of the goofiest guys and it it didn't work out pretty Brady because he would, he, he loves to troll, I guess is what I'll say. You know, he's, he's picking everyone, not, not picking fights, but, you know, trying to draw those penalties and before Brady, he would always take it a little too far. He was that guy who just you know pushed one time too far, and he would get the flags on himself. But now that Brady's there, he'll do that, and Brady will give him that look like, hey, you're on the line. And he snaps right in it. He's, he's, it's like a, an Army sergeant telling a soldier, you know, hey, cut it out. And Jensen, it's, it's phenomenal to watch. So um, <laughs> I, I'm loving that you just went with that pick. There they are yeah I,
1: I love the story of of when brady ended up in tampa bay too i heard a story about how tom like called him up and was just like hey man like i'm your quarterback now and like <laughs> he was like it was like seven o'clock in the morning or something like that like ryan was just waking up and he was like whoa i'm on the phone with tom brady right now like i don't know what to do <laughs> i think they have a really good relationship
0: absolutely
2: um if i were in that spot i would have had to like slap myself to make sure i wasn't yeah brady.
1: you're like huh Tom yeah
0: (laughs) but uh let's get to this injury report uh quick rundown of who might be in who might be out before we make our final game predictions and sign off the biggest news is that the core four are expected to play on Monday night football for the Giants Thomas Galladay Tony Barkley it's a lot of names that is a lot of names and we're probably not having Sterling Shepard but You still got Darius Slayton. You got John Ross. You got Saquon Barkley, Devontae Booker, Evan Ingram, who actually led the Giants in targets in that Bucs game last year when they lost 25 23. Um, And I'm looking at the injury report. Barkley was limited today. Devontae Booker was limited. Colin Gelaspia was limited. Sterling Shepard did not practice. He's not going to play, in my opinion. Caden Smith did not practice, but he's been battling a knee issue all season. And since the game's on Monday, I think he's going to play because the man hasn't missed a game. And uh, you can't run two tight ends when you have Evan Ingram. You need at least three tight ends active. And especially with the offense, Jason Garrett likes to likes to run like it's uh, 1995. So you need that. 13 what? personnel I thought,
1: set. I thought we were going to make it to a show without bringing him up.
0: Well, <laughs> you know it. what? The, the Giants are, born in nineteen eighty-five. man. The Giants are one of two teams in the national football league that have two fullbacks on their roster. The fullback is a dying breed. Half the league probably has one. That's how ridiculous the Giants are with their personnel. Uh, Nate Ebner and Lorenzo Carter did not practice today. Uh, Abner might be back. I mean, hope he feels better. hope he's not sick, but I really don't care if he plays. If I'm being honest, as bad as that might sound, I really just don't care because um, we have better edge rushers, right? Roche and Ojolari. I want to see Ellerson Smith. That's another guy I want to see. We spent the fourth round pick on him. Guy had 15 and a half sacks at Northern Iowa two years ago. I'm sorry, not 15 and a half, 19 and a half. And that led... All of Division One, yes, they're FCS, they're not FBS, but still, that is very impressive. Um, Sam, why don't you take us through the Bucks injury report? I know I had you put this together, and there are a couple of last minute changes, so uh, why don't yeah. you walk us through?
1: Sure. So uh, actually, it just took us a while to find the uh, Bucks injury report. They did not update it. We found it about five minutes before the show started. But starting with uh, wide receiver Antonio Brown. Despite whatever's going on in terms of his vaccine status, um, he did not participate in practice today. Uh, cornerback D. Delaney is dealing with an ankle and a concussion. He did not practice today. Um, limited today was Chris Godwin with a foot injury, which could be beneficial for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gronk was back full participant uh, after um uh, dealing with a back injury for quite some time now. So that's definitely going to be good for you Brian cuz Gronk coming back into the game is a major game changer. Um JPP dealing with shoulder and hand again full participant and linebacker Vita Vea Vea um is, did did not participate in today's practice due to a knee injury.
0: That's big if Vea doesn't play. I mean I yeah. think he uh, I hope he does if I'm a Bucks fan because take away the run right then and there.
3: Um, yeah. You're talking about the trenches earlier. There you go. That'd be a, a massive loss uh, for us.
0: Yeah. There, there's, there's multiple positions I care about and Brian, Knows that I'm a huge tight end buff. I'm a huge tight end buff. That Brian actually tweeted out a tweet about Brock Bowers next week, and now I actually want him on the Giants. (laughs) I might want him on the Giants more than Mike Mayer at this point. I'm not even sure. But that number 87 wearing a tight end jersey or uh, tight end wearing a number 87 jersey is definitely a, a promising sight for me at least. But Brian, as the guest, it is time much anticipated game predictions and you will go first who's winning this football game
3: Uh, man i I would love to call a win for you guys um but i can't (laughs) i I, if brady loses three games in a row it's i think things will go nuclear and he's going to start fighting people in the streets um maybe not fans but you know the players i do think it'll be close you talked about the line earlier at 11 i think that's probably more of a focus on you know the whole brady redemption thing uh you know like you said he probably at least in my memory as well i don't think he's lost three games in a row so i'm sure that's just a little bit of vegas giving him a little bit of juice there i'm gonna go 23 16 bucks
1: I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring. I think we're, gonna, we're going to we're gonna be dealing with a bit of a shootout if our offensive coordinator can learn how to pass the ball. Um, but unfortunately, I've been literally dealing with Tom Brady my entire <laughs> life, um, and there's something that my dad taught me, and it's never bad against Tom Brady. It's a very hard thing to do. Coming off of two losses, like I said earlier, a primetime game in Raymond James Stadium, I... Would love to see the Giants win. I just do not think it's going to happen again with Daniel Jones's record in in lights, also not great. But I do think it's going to be a very very good game. I think it's going to be very close, and I'm going thirty one twenty seven bucks.
2: I like that score. Should be an interesting game, but yeah, I, I can't I can't bet against Tom Brady as much as I really want to be the one person one guy who picks the Giants in this. I can't do it. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 23 to 19 Buccaneers.
0: Watching too much monsters, AK.
2: <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> I love well, that picture.
0: Well, say. well, 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 it is up to me. And uh, I feel like when there's a clean sweep, it, it, it never goes somebody's way brian broke it last week brian if, if you pick the giants i'm like wow i never would imagine a bucks fan. we haven't i mean i wouldn't expect a fan of an opposing team to pick us coming on this show unless their team is really really bad um which well, i'll tell there. you
3: what if you pick the giants i might have to switch to reverse the jinx because that might be a little scary here <laughs> well or sorry i mean if you pick doing, the bucks
0: uh i think the giants are going to bring this game into over. I think this game will be decided in overtime. Uh, Tom Brady's going to struggle in the first half. The Giants are going to pull off the typical Giants script, get out to an early lead like a 6-3, 10-3 lead. The Bucs are going to take it back. I think Daniel Jones is going to come back. They're going to score a touchdown to tie the game. They're going to go into overtime, and then Tom Brady is going to be Tom Brady, and the Bucs are going to win by a final score. Of 30 to 23. We will score the exact same amount of points that we did last year. So in overtime, though, in overtime. Actually, no, uh, don't kick the extra point if they score, right? So 29-23, pardon me. 29-23 will be my final score prediction. So hey, at sweep for crap, Tampa Bay. Crap. I love that we just clean sweep for Tampa Bay. I love that. <laughs> it never well, I, goes the Giants covered.
3: Yeah, I am a little I'm a little concerned now.
0: <laughs> we all have we all have the Giants cover.
3: Yeah, I, I think they'll cover for sure at eleven.
0: Yeah. I think they're very a good at covering.
3: Safe,
0: safe bet. Very safe bet to pick the Giants line in this game. But uh Brian any final thoughts before we let you go? I know we have a little bit of prep to do tonight before our early kickoff tomorrow morning.
3: Uh, no, just thanks for for having me on. Um, listen, I'm I'm rooting for the Bucks, obviously, but I hope it is close. I like the overtime call. Uh, get us some some free football. So, um, yeah, it, it should be a great game, uh, and I, I look forward to watching it. I hope it's uh, interesting <laughs> to say the least.
0: All right, Brian. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, if you can plug From the Stands in one more time, we really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much again.
3: Yeah, sure. If you like uh, college football, you can find us on YouTube and Facebook on as From the Stands Sports, uh, on Twitter, From the Stands US. Uh, yeah, we, we do a game day show every week and we, we cover the games on Twitter uh, every Saturday. So uh, it's a good time. And like I said, if you like watching Tom, You'll, you'll get a double dose of him. So,
0: Thanks, Brian. I really appreciate the love, and uh, I will... We will talk to you next time.
3: All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, right. Brian. Thanks, Bye. Brian.
0: Good luck. All right. See ya. All right. Brian McGardle of From the Stand Sports, uh, a guest that we all love to talk to, grab his insight on things. He's usually spot on with his predictions, but... Uh, only 16 points he has the Giants scoring, so that's going to be an interesting feat to see if we're able to accomplish that or not. But Sam and Hank, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off tonight and head over to some Thursday night football?
1: Yeah, Thursday night football Super Bowl rematch with Patriots-Falcons. First first of all, I just have to say real quick, if you guys are watching right now, we did not plan the all-white situation. We we did that because we we're all connected in our brains. Giants are wearing white color rush on Monday, the one that Hanks got on right now for Saquon. So that's just that thing. But on the other side of things, I'm very excited for this game. I am surprised they gave us so many primetime games, to be quite honest with you. But we love a good primetime game watching Giants football. Um, I really hope that this is as close of a game as we are predicting it to be. If we beat Tom Brady at home on primetime, my God, the playoff discussions we will be having next week. It will be immense, but I'm very excited for this game, and uh, I hope the Giants end up pulling it out and that we're all wrong.
2: Well, you know what, Sam? It's fitting that we mentioned the greatest game ever played as being one of the games that brought, like, football on the map. And the Giants, well, for better or for worse, they're often – they get a lot of primetime games probably because, you know, it's New York and they're one of the original flagship right. franchises of the NFL. So it kind of makes sense, like, regardless of what the record is. But with that being said, I'm going to say the exact same thing I said before the Chiefs game. I'm hoping I'm not going to ask for a win because I'm, I'm afraid that that might be a little too much to ask for, and I feel like these days that never really ends well with me. I'm just going to ask for this game to be watchable and assuming the Giants do lose, I want to feel like, oh, well, you know what? At least the Giants gave it their all. At least they made it close in the end. I know that kind of sounds like a terrible mentality, but again, it's just, that's how low my expectations have been. And that's just what the Giants have done to me over the past decade. I'm sorry.
0: It's all right, man. I mean, look, it is what it is. Um, Let's hope that the Giants are able to come off with a win on Monday night. And folks, speaking of Monday night, obviously with Thanksgiving being a week from tonight, we won't be having a live show next Thursday, next week. We're going to do, uh, we're probably going to do a pre-recording at some time on Wednesday, probably because the game is Monday night to do a live show. Tuesday night is just too quick of a turnaround from the game. So we'll probably do some pre some on Wednesday, on our YouTube channel. Uh, Folks, make sure to subscribe to all the Big Blue Avenue social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. And, of course, uh, like the Facebook page, Review and Preview Sports, if you want to catch our Facebook live streams every week. Hank and Sam, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure, as always. Um, And let's go Big Blue.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving.